Hello, everybody, and welcome to our broadcast. My name is Jake Barron. Alongside me are Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, Nico Roselli, and Ryan Alfonso of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's uh, UBC campus on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. And this past week, Thunderbirds found some late-season success in hockey. Good to hear on that end. Meanwhile, volleyball really bounced back and got two wins and set a new record from the service line. Elsewhere, UBC Women's Rugby Sevens came out second in a crowded tournament field. Golf finished off a nice week last Wednesday, so right after our previous show. Meanwhile, track and field took part in the drone games at the Richmond Oval. But most importantly, CITR's annual fun drive is taking place soon and it starts in just two days. So get ready for that. It runs between February 6th and 13th. The theme this year is Crush on You, as it is the season of love. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for the kiss, Corey. I appreciate that blown kiss in the studio. This is a time to donate to the station by going to citr.ca slash donate, which you can go do now. Dramatic pause. Thank you for doing that. Or you can call in during those dates. That's the 6th through the 13th and mention CITR Sports or Thunderbird Eye as the show you want to donate towards. We have cool Sonic the Hedgehog themed prizes, hence that amazing intro song, which includes bouncy balls, posters, paddleball sets, and more for the increasing levels of donations. We appreciate a dollar. We appreciate $5. We appreciate $100. We appreciate anything, though, that you can give. Um, our goal this year is 600 so go head on over to citr.ca slash donate and really just chip in whatever you can towards CITR Sports and Thunderbird Eye. And those donations really help us keep the station running. They help fund technical trainings. They help fund jobs here, equipment repairs, and potentially a greater broadcast signal for the radio station. So it's really all for your benefit at the end of the day. So turning our attention towards some UBC sports, starting with volleyball and just women's volleyball because the men's team had a bye this past weekend, while the women's team... They've not officially clinched a playoff spot yet, but they're all but guaranteed after a dominant sweep over Regina this past weekend. Game one ended 3-0. The Thunderbirds hit 228 as a team, their second highest mark of the new year. It was Jade Robertson who had perhaps her best performance of the season. That came with eight kills, hitting 545, three digs, six blocks, and two aces all across the board. She was contributing. The blocks for her were a season high, and the kills were her highest total since November 29. And because Jade played so well, it really contributed to the rest of the team. We saw Liv Ferlin really able to hit her stride. Um, but it was really important to see Jade Robertson step up, as without her, the Thunderbirds really lacked that net presence, as me and uh, Jake were covering that game on Friday. Good to see her step up. Hopefully that's something she continues to do going forward. And surprise, surprise, Gabby Atea also had a very strong game with a match-high 14 kills, 4 digs, and 4 blocks while Liv Freeland added 31 assists, 8 digs, 2 blocks, and 6 aces. And that's in 3 sets, too, so Furland doing a great job in every facet of the game. Yeah, speaking of 3 sets, match 2 also ended 3-0, and that was really Atea's time to shine. Recorded a match-high 11 kills on a 4-9 hitting percentage, along with 7 digs, 4 blocks, and a career-high 11 
aces. That's no. that's eleven aces <clears throat> with zero service errors in three sets. Yeah, that's those those eleven aces. efficiency. Holy cow! Yeah, those eleven aces really broke the Canada West record for the most in a three set match and almost doubled Atea's previous career high of six. She had sixteen aces in the first nineteen matches of the season. This is vintage Atea. <laughs> Two <Vintage>. years ago, <laughs> this is what she was doing. Okay, not on the regular because no one's ever done it. But, I mean, she was producing at a level that this wouldn't be as much of an outlier. But to, to go from under one ace per match to 11, 11 across three sets is ridiculous. I mean, I don't even know what the spike in efficiency is there. Like, over 1,000%? Yeah, over 9,000 probably. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Very high number. The Thunderbirds, as a team, actually had 19 aces. Robertson also broke her career high with four and they had just a total of four service errors. They won each set by 8 to 12 points. It was an absolute blowout that second night. Yeah, besides Atea, uh, Tessa Davis also had a nice night. She was their next best attacker. She had six kills on a 313 hitting percentage, three digs, and for her a season-high five blocks, going back to that point on uh, presence at the net and how much that can help. Right, Robert, Robertson and Davis there both needing, I mean, as veteran players too, needing to step up, and they did just that this past weekend again against not the best opponent. Hopefully that's something that can translate into more high-quality playoff contending teams. Yeah, they took care of business. And these two wins put the Thunderbirds at 10-10, and and they take on UBC Okanagan on the road this weekend. The Thunderbirds have won seven of their last eight meetings with the Heat, though they lost the last time they played in Kelowna. And unlike Jake, I will not make any predictions because I've learned my lesson. <laughs> oh, what's I've that lesson? lesson? What's that lesson there, Nico? Not to make predictions. Okay. Can't be doing that. We'll, we'll I see simply, why. I simply read stats. That's all I do. Okay, we'll see why there's no predictions later. <laughs> well, um, the world of track and field saw the 10th annual Harry Jerome Indoor Games in Richmond this Saturday at the Olympic Oval with a record of 600 entries taking part. Our Thunderbirds managed to snag two first place finishes in the women's division and placed top five in five other events. Yeah, two, two of those top five, two of those top five finishes came from Egidio Cantarea, who placed fourth in the open men's high jump with a height of 1.65 meters. He also snagged the third place spot in the open short putt with a throw distance of 10.67 meters. High jump and short putt. That is freak athlete. That is quite a combination. <laughs> I've actually run the beep test with this guy. What's the beep test? The beep test is basically it's it's basically a test they do for athletes where you keep you like you run at, at at, at increasingly faster paces till you just can't run anymore. And this guy can run too. He is really fast too. Who won? I did. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 can, I can run for longer, but he definitely can beat me in speed. So, I mean, just, it's amazing. Gotta put to you out there at the, the Jerome Games. Come on. <laughs> yeah, 600 know, right? entries, they got room for one more. <laughs> there, were, there were two UBC athletes who participated in both the men's 300 and the 600-meter Open. In the 300-meter, it was Jorgos Constantine, who placed 14th with a time of 39.74. And then Connor Pierce, who's a para-athlete, correct, Ryan? This is a friend of yours as well? He's also a friend of mine in in the Faculty of Kinesiology. He has cerebral palsy, and he actually, uh, uh, he's training for the Paralympics as well. And he's an American athlete, you said? Yes. So he, he's going to actually be in the upcoming I'm not sure. Paralympics? I need to ask him, but I will, I will find out. Wow. And he plays 20th with a time of 47.30. Impressive that he's competing in yeah. a standard event as a para, Paralympic athlete. Mm-hmm. Or a para-athlete, that is. Yeah. Um, in the, and then in the 600 meter, Pierce placed 9th 
with a time of 150.77, while Spencer Pratt got the fifth place spot with a time of 127.55. Then in one of the shorter races, the 60 meters, Saif Zaman placed eighth in the final with a time of 7.39 seconds. And unfortunately, the other Thunderbird who qualified for the final, Jacob Hanna, did not start the race. Unfortunate to see you get all the way there and then just doesn't happen. Maybe injury. Who knows? Yeah. We'll look at the women's side as well. We had some nice results there. Hassi Fashina Bambada raced to a first place victory in the open women's 60 meter sprint with a time of 8.05 seconds. One of the Thunderbirds' two first place finishes from that event. Then, possibly the star of the event for the Thunderbirds, Heather Betts, got the other first place finish in the open women's high jump, height of 1.55 meters. And she also finished third in the 60 meter hurdles with a she, time of 9.71 seconds. She second. is flying. <laughs> she is flying. This is like the equivalent, you know, you have you have your uh, Egidio Cantarella, where he's able to do a little bit of both. I think Cantarella's situation is a bit more strange because the power yeah. and the mass needed to actually like shot put something. Yeah. But still, he's being the, able he's to the do... guy. He's the guy we go to if you ever want to throw anything. You go <laughs> a metal ball really far or a person really high up in the air. <laughs> But meanwhile, I mean, Bet's impressive that she can do both hurdles and the high jump at such an elite level. Fantastic. Yeah, and then the Masters women's, who are for those 35 and over, the 60-meter race in that category saw a big second-place finish from Amber Kingsnorth with a time of 9.32 seconds. And I think she's UBC alumni, to my understanding. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that works. But associated she's, she's, with yeah, the UBC Associated somehow. with the UBC somehow because, okay. yeah, she's in the Masters category, so... All right, and you know, our track had a really good go of it this past weekend, and the Thunderbirds ran towards success, kind of similar to that of another great runner. He uh, he has legendary status, you know, great speed on a world stage. Unfortunately, he has yet to go one-on-one with the great Usain Bolt. Maybe that's something we can see in the near future. Who is this? Bolt of Blue Lightning. Bolt of Blue Lightning is very accurate, Ryan. It's actually Sonic the Hedgehog, so... Sonic the Hedgehog is a live-action adventure comedy coming out this Valentine's Day, February 14th. So who knows? Maybe a little romance. Go watch some Sonic. <laughs> Why don't you? It's a blockbuster about the 90s video game, and it's featuring the speed demon himself. And Jim Carrey and Jamie Mardson are both in this film. So got some big actors in it along, along the little blue devil. The plot of this movie. Small-town police officer played by James Marsden. He finds the blue creature that we know as Sonic. He must help Sonic, who's voiced by Ben Schwartz, defeat an evil genius Dr. Robotnik, played by none other than Jim Carrey, who wants to do experiments with this poor, poor Sonic. Super weird in the lead-up to it. One of the advertisements that I saw on Twitter was Ben Schwartz, who is Sonic, holding up hedgehogs and saying, buy tickets, everyone who buys ticket gets a hedgehog. And then at the top of it, it says, or do they? I don't know. And then he questions the whole the whole advertisement. So it's basically him saying, you'll get hedgehogs, but probably not. I want a hedgehog. Right. I know, right? Isn't that a great tactic? I was like, wow, who doesn't want to pet a hedgehog? Oh, pet hedgehog. I thought you were talking about the chocolates. No, 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 no. no. Like, that, like, like, he's holding the actual animal. Mm. I mean, I'll like, take either. Right. <laughs> uh, this film is based on the video game uh, franchise produced by Sega and is directed by Jeff Fowler. This is his feature directorial debut. And it's all based off the screenplay by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. And it has a bit of a local twist, too, which is cool. Yeah, filming took place a couple of years back. It was between July and October 2018 uh, on the best place on Earth, Vancouver Island, (laughs) Ladysmith and Parksville. Uh, Also, some of it was filmed right here in Vancouver. Uh, And as Jacob would say, that's what we call great local content. (laughs) That's right. Um, It is just the first entry in a planned film series. So there may be much more Sonic to come. So... 
Sonic is basically a Vancouver, right? Not, no big deal. And thinking on an even more... Shouts out local content. Yeah. Shouts out local sports. Exactly. And thinking on an even more tight-knit community frame of mind, I want to get everybody's opinion on this. Who would be UBC Athletics equivalent of Sonic? Honestly, because if we look at it, he could do a bit of every sport, but he's mainly focused on speed. And we know, based on our coverage of UBC Athletics, a lot of our athletes are fast. So True. What do, so what do you guys think? I, I mean, hoy lam tam. You go UBC swimming. Think about it. In the pool, she came out of a rookie sensation, right? You had big names. You had your Thor Myers. You had your Sultan Reich Hodgson's. Whatever. Hoy lam tam out of nowhere changes her name, becomes even faster, drops the Karen. You know, some extra baggage. Boom. Super speed. No one saw it coming, just like Sonic. That's my case. And you know what color water is? Blue. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like this. Thank you for the addition to my argument. You, you know no what? Problem. What makes more sense for a Sonic being a UBC Thunderbird would be someone whose job is literally to run. Okay. Sonic runs. So no better choice than the reigning U Sports cross country champion, Kieran Lum, bit of a phenom runner running around Vancouver like Sonic ran around Vancouver during the filming of the movie. Because I assume <laughs> I assume Sonic is real. It, it's live action. It is mean, live it's action. It's all live action. But, but I would argue, <laughs> yeah, Sonic's just running around the street. You're like, hey, what's up, Sonic? And then you do a double take. You're like, what just happened? No, But I would argue Kieran Lum does longer distance than Sonic. Sonic's more of a quick sprints kind of guy, in my opinion. Speaking of guys who can sprint, uh, I'm going to put my hat in the ring for Mr. Jacob Patton, friend of the show. Mind you, Jake and Patton, incredible get-off speed. Um, the ability to get off the line, you know, make those really quick catches, great in-routes, all that kind of thing. As well, as we saw in the first game of the season, it was a Thunderbirds loss. He made that incredible acrobatic catch. What right sport does he play? You haven't even mentioned. He plays football. He's a wide receiver. Everybody knows this. Oh, he's okay. such a big star. Because <laughs> he's, so, he's so unequivocally great, just like Sonic. Yes. Is that your claim? Yes, exactly. Okay. So, so I'm going with Jacob Patton for this one. Is there any other hot takes on this? Um, I'm kind of biased in terms of my hockey coverage. I got to give the nod to Tori McLash. You get, yeah? You, you think about She's it. She's a goalie. She's a goalie. But let's look at her stats. I will pull them up. A 1.68 GAA, a 912 save percentage. How do you get those type of stats? And how do you keep the UBC women's hockey team in every single game of the season so far? Lightning quick reflexes. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Like, Quick twitch movements, kind of like Sonic. And we have to remember, all this is being done on ice. Send us your answers. Go tweet us on Twitter. Yes, please let us know if we missed anybody. DM us on Instagram. Comment on our YouTube videos. Do whatever. But let us know who who's UBC Sonic. We're interested. Who knows? I I kind of like the case for Hoylam Tam. I'm not biased. <laughs> no, I'm not biased, no bias at, all. At, all. No bias no. at all. No. Yeah, going back to the movie itself, it was initially scheduled to be released in the U.S. back in in November of 2019. It was delayed to February 2020. There's a negative reaction to the first trailer released all the way back to last April. It Fans was were not so happy. creepy. <laughs> oh my God. That Sonic depiction. Did any of you see it? Yeah. yeah. Real oh teeth, like God. real human teeth. It was honestly scary. And they delayed that film to redesign him. Thankfully, that trailer was released in November 2019. It was much more well-received. They even changed some of the tone. They made him like kind of cuter, more friendly. And that also kind of played into the humor. And it got a lot more praise because it looked similar to the video game, whereas the other one looked like some, yeah. you know, devilish chinchilla that no one even wanted to be a part of. Like, no, no, <laughs> duh. Like, we understand why Jim Carrey wants to kill it. Like, that thing was <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> you know. But now it's like, okay, now we sympathize with this oh. Sonic. So maybe, hopefully... 
It's a lot better. I've seen the the new trailer. I think it's worth your time. I would go see it. I'm going to go see it. So you should too. Yeah. The updated version of Sonic the Hedgehog does look amazing. Make sure to check it out. Just like Jacob said, for those of you that need to know the date again, February 14th, mark it in your calendar. It is definitely worth it. Uh, again, the prizes for all of the Sonic gear will be awarded based on levels of donations to Fundrive. So please go to citr.ca slash donate or call in between February 6th and 13th to CITR to get your posters, bouncy balls, paddleball sets, and of course your CITR swag like mugs and beanies. Our Fundrive show will take place on February 11th. That's three days before Sonic the Hedgehog is released on Valentine's Day, Friday, February the 14th. Very romantic. My girlfriend said she won't come with me to see it, <laughs> but maybe yours will. Uh, so be there to check it out as it's a blast of 90s video game nostalgia with another witty Jim Carrey performance. I'll, I'll go with you, Corey. Don't worry. <laughs> My one question, though, is Sonic's fast, but can he run the beep test? Can he? <laughs> who would win? How long can he go for? Ryan or Sonic? <laughs> you, maybe we'll let you guys stew over that question. We're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs and come back with some rugby news. Accessibility. Disability. Mental health. ADHD and ADD. And many, many more topics we explore and cover. But where? On, On CITR's All Access Pass. A unique and collectively run show on equity, inclusion, and creating awareness for people of all abilities in BC and around the world. Catch us every other Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 4. If you want more info or want to get involved, please find us on Facebook or send us an email at accessibilitycollective at citr.ca. FunDrive 2020, CITR's annual fundraising week, is happening between February 5th and February 14th. This is the one week of the year where we ask you to dig deep and give what you can to support local, independent community radio. Our goal this year is to raise $30,000, which is a lot, but with your help, we can definitely get there. This year's FunDrive theme is Crush on CITR, and we've got some amazing crush-appropriate swag for you when you donate. We're talking about branded CITR and Discorder candy hearts, limited edition toques and mugs, and even on-air song dedications. That's right. Donate the right amount and you can publicly express your crush on someone in maybe the most romantic way possible by dedicating a song to them which will play on CITR on Valentine's Day. Fun Drive is happening February 5th to the 14th, but you can show your love for CITR right now by going to citr.ca slash donate. And thank you. That's why they call them crushes. Hello and welcome back to Thunderbird Eye. We're now going to take a look at our rugby teams. The women's rugby team fell just short on the weekend, finishing as the runners-up in the Vancouver leg of the Canada West Women's Rugby 7 Series. They finished with a record of 3-2 and two on the weekend, losing a Legends Cup final to UVic 19-7. to the weekend started out good for UBC. They opened with a very low-scoring affair. It was just 5 nothing over the Calgary Dinos, pretty much as low as you can get. Really it's... surprising in uh, sevens rugby, too, which is usually rather high-scoring. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Emily Meyer scored the game's only points with a try. That came in the second half. And then later on, UBC went on to pummel UBC Okanagan. That's right, we are the dominant sibling in the family, <laughs> 48 nothing. Madison Gold led the way with two tries and two converts. Hates, sucks to get shut out, but at least we are on the good end of it. 
Uh, sorry, other UBC school. And then UBC's last match on Saturday wound up being what was a preview of the finals. UBC lost a very close battle with the Vikes, 14-12. to Shoshana Samanatafa, who was named the Cannabis Player of the Year for Rugby's 15 back in October and is a friend of the show. Check out her interview with us in our archives. She had a strong game with a try and a convert of her own. Yeah, Sunday started off with UBC shutting down Lethbridge in the semifinals 24-0 for their third shutout in four games. Samanatafa was unstoppable with a trio of tries along with a conversion. Yeah, UBC fell short in the finals, losing again to UVic, this time 19-7. to Rachel Smith had UBC's lone try with Samadafata, making the conversion. Yeah, so for finishing second in this tournament, Thunderbirds received 12 points. They're now currently third in Canada West with a point total of, to- of 20 from the two tournaments. Corey's dear, dear Victoria Vikes <laughs> are in first place with 30 points, having won both the Alberta and Vancouver legs of the seven series. I got to say, I was actually at the Saturday game between UBC and UVic. UBC was very, very close. Uh, they were only down one try and they gave up a really rough one uh, to UVic going the other way. Whose colors were you wearing, Corey? That's... I was wearing neutral colors. I was wearing red. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. I was cheering for the Dinos in the game after, wow. if you must know. <laughs> we're, we're really profiling Victoria a lot between Sonic and now and now this rugby team. I don't know. Hopefully, Corey's not infecting all of us and like making us switch our own opinions about the Thunderbirds here. <laughs> I love both teams equally. That's, that's good to know. Hopefully... That's true. The Sevens team is back in action for UBC, that is, on February 29th to March 1st for the third and final leg of that Canada West Women's Rugby Seven Series. That one is in Victoria. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> on the men's side, not too much to report for the men's rugby team this week as their game against James Bay, James Bay AA was actually rescheduled to April 11th, so they didn't play this past weekend. The next Premier League match is at home against Pacific Pride at 2.30 on Saturday. Pacific Pride currently fifth in the league with an undefeated 6-0 record. UBC is in first still at 9-0-1. Hey, even though they didn't play, they're still in first. (laughs) They're still finding ways to win. And now jumping into the world of hockey, we'll start off by looking at the women's side. The UBC Thunderbirds women's hockey team continued their fight for a playoff spot against Lethbridge, who were right behind them coming into the weekend. The Pronghorns stole game one in double overtime. Really, but, Jake? Yeah, I know. Really, Jake? He Great prediction. Us to win. Great prediction, Jake. But besides that game one double overtime loss, everything else was pretty good. UBC responded with a 2-1 victory the following night to clinch a playoff spot. Gotta love it. Yeah, uh, in game one, unfortunately, uh, being having a whole goal-scoring dysfunction throughout the season, the T-Birds received a blessing in game one to the pro- um through the Pronghorns' roughhousing, Lethbridge was assessed with 10 minor penalties, and both UBC goals came from 5-on-3 chances. I mean, that'll do it, getting multiple 5-on-3 chances for a team that needs goal scoring. Right, you're putting yourself in a situation where you're almost allowing the other team to put something in net. And then after Lethbridge's, Caitlin Breitkrutz opened on scoring in the first. Ryland McKinnon equaled with a blistering one-timer made it one all at the intermission. Yeah, UBC then vaulted into the lead six minutes into the second. Hannah Clayton Carroll converted her team-leading ninth goal of the season. Thunderbirds held the lead all the way to the final minute of regulation, but Kyra Gregg scored a late equalizer off a rebound for the Pronghorns, 
and I died a little bit inside when that happened. Yeah, that was yeah. a very tough break for the Thunderbirds. And, and for it, Jake's prediction. <laughs> <laughs> and it was compounded when Greg scored again in the second overtime to win it for Lethbridge. That was after McClash actually stopped a penalty shot. Still, the Pronghorns were buoyed by their own goaltender, Alicia Anderson. She stopped 30 of 32 shots in this one. Thanks, Jake. Just, just to, you know, really bring it home there. <laughs> 30 of 32 shots, though, for Anderson. Well done. Props to her. But looking at Game 2, Game 2 again saw the Pronghorns take the lead first as Ali Burrow fired a shot past McLash. It was a hand-in-hand connection that tied the game as Clayton Carroll capitalized on a marvelous pass from Coral. Yeah, period two saw no goals, and it wasn't until five minutes left in the third that Jaden Cook brought, broke the deadlock for the Thunderbirds. The Pronghorns pulled Anderson once again, but this time they couldn't conjure up any late-game magic. And Miklash may have taken home the win on the night after she turned away 13 of 14 shots, but Alicia Anderson had some limelight of her own as she broke the record for appearances by a goalie in Canada West play with her 119th career game. That is like the Iron Woman of hockey out there. Crazy endurance and longevity in the sport. I mean, that's hard, too, because it's not like you can compete beyond a certain amount of years. you got to be a full-time starting goaltender for the full five years. You, to she get missed, that, she get missed that one game, probably. <laughs> and then, by comparison, McLash is in her fourth year. She's played just 75 games, so definitely Iron Woman. Shouts out to Alicia Anderson. And good news for UBC. They need not worry about finding their way into the playoffs anymore, but their games against Mount Royal this weekend still have plenty of seeding implication as the fifth seed is up for grabs. UBC will travel to Calgary for that final series of the regular season. Corey, will you be supporting the Dinos this time around? Will you be wearing red? (laughs) I decline to answer. (laughs) We just, like, affiliate Corey with whatever color he's wearing. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, moving on to the men's side. Just like the women, the men were hoping to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. They got back to winning ways against Lethbridge, ultimately potting 11 goals in a high-scoring weekend. In Game 1, despite the T-Birds outshooting the Pronghorns 34-27 to and ultimately defeating them 6-1, it was Lethbridge who found the net late into the first period, putting them up one to nothing at the intermission. Thankfully, that one nothing didn't mean all that much as UBC went on an absolute tear. They scored six unanswered goals, including four in the third period. Rylan Toth was a wall for the final 40 minutes and saved 25 shots overall. I mean, what seemed one way right off the get-go <laughs> really turned in the Thunderbirds' favor. The star of the night for UBC was Jake Kreisky. Shout out to all the Jakes. He <laughs> netted his first career hat trick, had two assists as well for an incredible five-point night, really holding it down for all of us out here. Other Thunderbirds on the board included Austin Glover, who had a goal and two assists, Carter Popov, goal and an assist, and Tyler Sandu with two assists. Hey, stop trying to take away from the fact that you were wrong <laughs> with your prediction. I see you trying hey. to you know, slant the conversation hey. in your favor here. Hey. We all know you were wrong, Jake. Jakes are doing well for hockey uh, this weekend. <laughs> Maybe him. <laughs> uh, this game did eliminate Lethbridge from playoff contention. It also meant that another UBC win and an Alberta win against Regina would send UBC back into sixth. And that is exactly what happened. We'll jump into game two now. Alberta did manage to sweep Regina and UBC sniped another win in game two, this time by a much closer scoreline of five to four. The Thunderbirds came out strong, outshooting their opponents 11 to 5 in the first and 45 to 22 overall. But again, surrendered the uh, the opening goal through Lethbridge's Luke Coleman. Oh my goodness, that shot total, (laughs) 45 to 22. I mean, letting in four on just 22 shots, yikes! But having 45 shots on that, wow! And the Thunderbirds, I mean, just the lack of conversion comparatively is rather outstanding. Joe Carvalho responded. Just over a minute later, going back 
to that previous point by Ryan, but Coleman scored twice more to complete his hat trick by the midway point of the second. Popoff then scored on the power play to cut into the lead, and then that led into the third period. Absolute dominance in the third period from UBC. They outscored the Pronghorns 3-1 in the period. They had 23 shots on net in the final 20 minutes of the game. Poor, poor Pronghorns goalie. It was Matt Revel, Sandu, and Colton Keller who scored to give UBC much-needed win. Yeah, that much needed win now means UBC is control of the or is in control of their own destiny. Rather, they take on third place Mount Royal at home this weekend. Simply put, win and they are in. There you go. Well, Jake, you weren't fully bad for the team. I guess you led to like some positives at least. I'm now the official scapegoat of Thunderbird Eye. Yes, it's a good time. And, or Corey's clothing choices. <laughs> Corey's the turncoat, not the, the turncoat. I see. Fair enough. Uh, we are going to dive into golf a little bit now. Uh, the golf teams did not play or are not playing right now. But as mentioned last week, the women's golf team was partaking in the Ottawa University Arizona Invitational in Phoenix. We covered day one of the action, but day two happened while we were on air. Um, on day two, they smoked the field in the second round, claimed their fourth victory in five tournaments of the 2019-2020 season. UBC finished the two-day event with a total score of 73 over part, just under 650 strokes, 649 in total. They led Embry-Riddle of Arizona by just one stroke after the first round, but just dominated the second day. They won by 17 shots in the end, a pretty incredible turnaround. And three Thunderbirds actually played their way into the top five of the individual leaderboards. So like you said, they really jumped out in that second day of action. They were led by Cecil Kwan, who nabbed her third overall at 14 over, 158 total strokes. The tournament was also first year Kate Choi's UBC debut. She ended the event in a 16th place showing, posting a score at 29 over, 173 in all. At the end of the first semester, the Thunderbirds were the number one ranked team in the entire NAIA, which has 142 teams. Dominance. You want to talk about legacy? (laughs) Women's field hockey. Great. Yeah, they will surely still be number one whenever the next bowl comes out, that's for sure. I mean, is this this perhaps a dynasty in the making? (laughs) I'm just saying, think about last year, how they showed out. I mean, even with Esther Lee not playing at the level she's at right now, they're still that dominant. It's like a UBC men's rugby uh, UBC women's field hockey pre-2017. The UBC swim teams <laughs> and the UBC women's golf team is like the Spider-Man pointing at each other memes. Right. It's like, <laughs> who's better? Who's better? Who's going to win again? I am. <laughs> In terms of legacy and dynasty, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens when Kate Johnston leaves at the end of this year. She's currently the number one ranked player in the entire NAIA. Uh, all the Thunderbirds are pretty high up there. Shania Romandaman is in sixth. Esther Lee down to 14th, we could say, but still an, an astronomically talented player. Uh, Cecil Kwan in 28th, and Ju Wen is 41st, the rookie. And the women's team now has a break until March, where they will compete in the Gunrock Invitational in Sacramento, California. Last season, the Gunrock Invitational was one of only two tournaments that UBC did not win. Hopefully they can turn the tides in that event. Now, looking at what's coming up this weekend, Friday, basketball, two teams had a bye this past weekend. They're taking on Winnipeg in the final games of the regular season. Friday is the courtside event at UBC. Come out to War Memorial Gym if you're able. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be the biggest crowd of the season. It's like it's like the hockey's... Uh, Winter Classic. Winter Classic. Yeah, Thank it's you. the equivalent of that. Uh, volleyball also taking on UBC Okanagan on the road. Hockey taking on Mount Royal. Women's on the road. Men's at home. Saturday, rematches for all those games. There's a swim meet at UVic. Men's rugby taking on Pacific Pride. And baseball back underway. The 2020 portion of their season, the main portion of their season, they're traveling down to Portland to take on Concordia. They play twice on Saturday, once more on Sunday. 
Also on Sunday, the swim meet continues. Men's field hockey plays United Brothers FHC. Then finally, Monday and Tuesday, men's golf finally get their first tournament of 2020 at the Orange County Collegiate Classic in Coto de Casa, California. And now, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Jake's Guarantee of the Week. Hit the music, Jake. I think I'm a special one. 60% of the time, it works every time. Thank you. So last week, I guaranteed that the women's hockey team would win both their games against Lethbridge. It was very close, but also very incorrect. I'm now 1-1 one and one after that uh, misstep. So looking to bounce back. Nico, you mentioned earlier in the show when we were talking about women's volleyball that you weren't going to make predictions about how the women's team would do. Well, I am. <laughs> and what, I, are, what are they, Jake? I guarantee that not only... Will the women's volleyball team win both matches against UBC Okanagan this weekend? Who but are what in the record? The UBC Okanagan, they are, I believe, 6-14. and 14. Okay. UBC's 10-10. and 10. Okay. So, you know, it's not much of a out-there guarantee to predict that the better team would win both games. So, not only will they win both games, the exact combined set count from the two matches wow. will be 6-1. Wow. That okay. is my guarantee for the week. Getting very specific. Thank you for that prediction, Jake. And with Jake's guarantee of the week, that's all we have for you on Thunderbird Eye on CITR, CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is going ahead and following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. It's a really busy time of the year, as you heard on our outro. Sports are starting to collide. The playoff seasons with the new baseball, softball seasons, my personal favorite time of the year. But again... Not only is it colliding in the sports seasons, it's fun drive time here at Thunderbird Eye and at CITR, so make sure you go donate. Next up on CITR is Flower Power Hour at 2 p.m. For Thunderbird Eye, it's been Jacob Ayer, Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, Nico Roselli, and Ryan Alfonso, with contributions from Liz Wang, Ben Nelson, and both Byron and Alan Wang. We'll catch you next week for Fun Drive. Our show is on Tuesday from 1 to 1.30 p.m. as always, and remember... Like I said, go contribute at citr.ca slash donate and mention CITR Sports and Thunderbird Eye to get cool CITR and Sonic the Hedgehog prizes. Go watch the movie. Go watch the movie. We know you want to. Comes out February 14th. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.